0: Hi everybody, welcome to Ancient Heroes. I'm Patrick Garvey. Today we are going to talk about the continued controversy around the Netflix series, Ancient Apocalypse, which was made by the controversial Graham Hancock. So the latest update in the controversy is that the Society for American Archeology span sent a letter to Netflix with a series of complaints and some things that they're requesting from Netflix. Um, And this has led to another wave of media covering this story, and there's countless articles online breaking it all down. So I thought for this episode, I'd go over this article a little bit, talk about some things I like about it, some things maybe I don't like about it, and just kind of continue to sort of analyze this controversy as it plays out. It's definitely something that's gotten me interested. So first off, before we go too far... Let's talk for a second about Graham Hancock. If if you want my overall view of the situation and how I've approached it and kind of what I think about Graham Hancock, then you should listen to the last episode where we first dove into this controversy. Uh, but basically, in short, Graham Hancock is an independent researcher. He calls himself a journalist or an investigative journalist on Wikipedia, he's he's called a pseudo-archaeologist but basically he's a British guy who is an independent researcher who's been publishing books and articles and documentary style series and things like that now for a few decades about theories that he has about human prehistory primarily and uh, his overarching theory essentially as I understand it is that human civilization goes back much further than what the current model suggests and that there was a highly advanced civilization of some sort that came before what we consider now to be kind of the cradle of civilization or the cradles of civilization in Mesopotamia and Egypt and elsewhere. Um, According to Graham Hancock, there was a civilization that existed before all of these groups uh, came up around the world, these different civilizations. And this ancient parent civilization basically um, was destroyed in a some sort of cataclysm and floods in the end of the, the last ice age. However, some representatives of this civilization were able to visit these places around the world and share their knowledge about their advanced ability to build things um, and other technology that they had. And according to Graham Hancock, that's why you see certain similarities all around the world with their early human settlements and cities with like the way they do pyramids and some of the mythology and stuff like that. So this is Graham Hancock's theory. It's not a theory that he invented. This is a theory that's been around for some time, and it's been... Uh, the subject of a lot of different conspiracies and things like that uh, for quite some time. That's something that I've learned in researching all of this. So um, that's the idea. Graham Hancock is very controversial. He's not accepted by the archaeological community. Um, he's viewed by uh, professional archaeologists and archaeologists at top universities as basically a pseudoscientist. Um, however, he has achieved a, a lot of popularity uh, with mainstream readers and things like that. He's appeared on the Joe Rogan podcast a number of times. He's been involved in shows like this Ancient Apocalypse type show. So he's, he doesn't publish his research in peer-reviewed stuff. He goes around academia and all of that, and we'll dive into that. But um, basically, he's very popular with mainstream People that don't have uh, an archaeology background necessarily. So, he's probably among, if not the most well known person in the world that's doing archaeology, so to speak. Um, And so, that's kind of why a lot of this is really coming to a head because, um, you know, just in my case, I had multiple people talking to me about this. Everyone hears about it, they're seeing it on Netflix, it's being recommended to them, it's in the top 10 shows, and that kind of thing. So, Uh, It's, it's got, he's, he has quite a large platform to talk about these, these theories. And part of that is because these theories are very compelling to people. They uh, have a certain kind of magical quality about them. This idea of this advanced civilization we're just learning about and all these advanced technologies, and it connects to the stories of Atlantis and other uh, kind of Mysteries like that um, in history. So it's something that definitely a lot of people have latched onto and find interesting. So, okay, now that this show is out, there was a lot of uh, coverage of it, but finally, uh, there was this letter that the Society for American Archaeology put out. Um, they sent this letter to Netflix. It comes from the president of the society, Daniel Sandweiss, um, to the head of global television and chief executive officer at Netflix. So basically, in this letter, this is an open letter, and I'm not going to read the whole letter. You can find it online. It's, it's a couple pages long. It's not too bad. Um, in this letter, the group has three principal complaints that they list. The first is that Graham Hancock, in this series, that's been basically – on some level, it's been platformed, so to speak, by Netflix, and in some ways, it seems to have been endorsed by Netflix and created by Netflix. So um, it seems to have the Netflix stamp of approval that it's on the platform and it's being promoted. Um, so they, so the three principal complaints of the letter is that in the ancient apocalypse, Grant Hancock uh, attacks and undermines the field of archaeology. Um, that's the first thing. The second thing is that the series is not grounded in fact at all, but it's presented as a documentary. So that's the second complaint. And the third complaint is that the theory is associated, the theories or main theory of ancient apocalypse about this advanced civiliz- advanced civilization that helped give rise to the civilizations we actually know about, that this theory and this strain of thought is associated with racism and extremism, um, and uh, and that it helps fuel some of that. So that might seem out of left field. We're going to get into that as well. So uh, basically, in this letter, uh, they call for Netflix to do a few things. They don't call for Netflix to remove the series from their platform, uh, but they do call on the letter. They do call on Netflix to. Reclassify the docuseries as science fiction rather than as a documentary or whatever, as a factual thing. To reclassify it as science fiction on Netflix and to add disclaimers uh, that the information is, you know, is not accepted by experts and things like that. Um, let's see, I'm pulling up the letter here. Uh, remove any labels that state or imply that this series is a factual documentary or docuseries and reclassify it as science fiction. We urge Netflix to add disclaimers to the series about it, that its content is unfounded. And we also request that Netflix develop a policy that balances false narratives like this with the presentation of scientific documentaries and accurate reporting on the knowledge that archaeologists have generated and continue to generate every day. So that's the ask that Netflix is putting out. So I'm going to go through each of their main complaints, and then I'm going to talk about kind of what I like about the ask that they made and, and, and what we could expect from Netflix. So, okay. First things first. Uh, their first complaint is that they are, that Graham Hancock is attacking and undermining the field of archeology. span And basically if you tune in, I did go back and watch another episode of this series with my wife. Um, and it's immediately evident. One of the first things that she'd mentioned in watching it was that he's attacking archaeologists and archaeology as a field, uh, constantly in the documentary. Just basically he paints a picture that archaeology is this homogenous field where everyone is afraid for whatever reason to break away from the current model of human prehistory. Um, whether they're just uh, cowardly about it or scared they won't get funded or lack the curiosity or whatever it is. He basically sets everything up as archaeologists won't even give this a chance. Archaeologists are stuck in the mud with what they already think and there's no way to break them out of that. Um, Essentially, and I talked about this in the last episode, he more or less describes almost a conspiracy against this type of thinking that he's presenting, that the field of archaeology and what he often calls academia, uh, which I think is sort of a way to undermine archaeology in and of itself. I mean, academia, you kind of imagine people in their ivory towers, you know, in an office somewhere while he's out in the field and really investigating and climbing into these pyramids or, you know, whatever. And then academia over here in the ivory tower is just saying we don't want anything to do with that. This guy's crazy. Well, obviously that's not really the case. Yes. Archaeologists oftentimes are academics, but they're also in the field constantly doing research. Um, you know, many are, some archeologists are more, you know, it depends on the individual. Some are, my understanding is that some might be purely academics while some are, almost always in the field and they might teach classes and stuff like that as well. So the idea of just referring to archaeologists as just academia, I thought is a little way to undermine that they're actually out there too. They're maybe just not finding and seeing the same things that Graham Hancock is. Um, But he basically sets up this idea that, that there's a conspiracy among archaeologists to not consider these groundbreaking things that he is allegedly discovering. Um, now that being said, is it ever possible that an entire scientific field could sort of have a major blind spot or an aversion to a certain kind of theory or idea that might somehow undermine its existence or something like that? Sure, that that is possible. Um, I could imagine, for instance, in the you know the f- uh, field, let's take you know theology or something, um, where some people in that field might be. Uh, naturally allergic to the idea that uh, we just live in a materialistic universe and studying some of these things with God or the Holy Trinity or whatever it might be would all be a waste of time if we're just in a materialistic world where there's nothing supernatural like that. So that might be an example. I'm just throwing that uh, out off the top of my head. But so you could imagine that um, experts you know, as a as a group in a certain field, have an aversion to some kind of idea, but I don't think that's the case in archaeology. And a number of archaeologists have made comments that if there was a advanced civilization that had the kind of impact that Graham Hancock's talking about, that was much older, that there were, every archaeologist in the world practically. That's um, out in the field, you know, th- they would all lo- kill to make that kind of discovery and to find true material evidence of something like that existing. They would go down in history as one of the great archaeologists of all time if they were to be able to discover compelling evidence of that. So I really don't think that, um, of course, major radical changes are always probably resisted in any given field to some extent. But all it would take is there being tangible, hard evidence of what Graham Hancock is talking about, and archaeologists, some archaeologists, maybe not all archaeologists, but some archaeologists, you know, whether it's someone who's up and coming just trying to make a name for themselves or get more funding or whatever, um would be all over that. so. I really don't think you can make the case that everyone in archaeology just doesn't want to hear this and they've already agreed on how human prehistory went, so they don't want to change their thinking on it. I think that that's nonsense, more or less. Um, okay, so the second complaint of the letter is that the series is not grounded in fact. Basically just saying this is this is not factual, this is not accurate information that this documentary this so-called documentary is providing. So I wanted to watch another episode because I wanted to kind of see, I wanted to, in the, in the last um, episode we did on the podcast about this, we didn't really get into specifics with the theory he was putting out. So I wanted to watch an episode and kind of home in on some of the specific things he was claiming to just see if I could understand whether or not this stuff was factual or had any basis to it. Even though I'm, he's throwing out all kinds of stuff from um, astronomy to, uh, you know, architecture to mythology to, you know, it's, it's hard for anyone to have the level of expertise in all these areas uh, to really be able to fact check all of it. But um, I did watch the fourth episode, which is about um, basically... He goes to an area in the Bahamas where there are there is an underwater stone rock structure rock formation where he is claiming that this rock formation, which is um, pretty abnormal, it's called the Bimini Road. Bimini Road, you can look that up um, and see what that's about. But it's basically this abnormal rock formation. Um, that looks to the naked eye like it could have been arranged there by human beings, like it wasn't just a natural rock formation. So this is underwater in the Bahamas area, and Graham Hancock is basically saying that this is evidence that in the past, before the Ice Age melted and the ocean levels rose and all of that, this area would have been on land, and maybe this is a, a case where human beings built this road with these large stones and this is an example of this uh civilization existing before um you know what we think of as uh during human prehistory um earlier than the civilizations we know about basically so graham hancock and a marine biologist they they do some scuba diving and they observe the the rock formation and you know sure the way it's presented you know, it's, it's all very leading to the audience. I mean, it's not weighing the different evidence and allowing the audience person to have a role in it. It's basically making a case where they're only showing certain aspects of the rock formation and they're discussing it, you know, in this way that, um, clearly it's very motivated reasoning. Um, you know, it's it's all formulated to be highly convincing, and it can be highly convincing if you just watch it and you don't do anything else, or or you just take it at face value. I did a little research on this afterwards, and one of the things that Graham Hancock talks about with this rock formation is that basically, how could archaeologists and historians ever consider his ideas if they refuse to even study it because they won't even look at this kind of rock formation and consider that it might not be a natural rock formation? Well, a cursory search on Wikipedia and reading about the Bimini Road a little bit, you'll find that there's a long list of scientists who have studied this particular rock formation. And across the board, they've concluded that it is a natural feature. Um, I'm, I'm on the Wikipedia page here where they list out all of the different scientists and marine biologists and et cetera, et cetera, who have observed this, geologists, et cetera. Um, the consensus among geologists and archaeologists is that the Bamini Road is a natural feature composed of beach rock, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then it gives a long list of all of these different scientists who have studied this. Um, so, Again, we're led down this path where, you know, according to Graham Hancock, people haven't looked at it closely enough. But I don't think he would accept any other conclusion on it. So it wouldn't matter if a thousand people had looked at it. He would still say, unless they're agreeing with him, well, you haven't looked at it closely enough. You're not seeing what I'm seeing. So it's kind of impossible to get any further than that. Um, Look, of course, it's possible that a group of scientists could be incorrect, But in just looking at it, I think that it's framed in a way where, you know, Graham Hancock is is framing it in pretty self-serving terms. Many people have looked at this because it is abnormal and they've concluded that it is uh, most likely a naturally occurring thing. And of course, you know, there's always going to be abnormal stuff in nature, uh, you know, and I think that barring more evidence, you have to, you know, uh, uh, you have to conclude something is likely natural unless there's extraordinary evidence that it isn't. Um, so uh, at least in a case like this, which, where you'd have to invoke you know, uh, un- previously unknown civilizations and all kinds of stuff uh, to, to go down that route. Um, so Graham Hancock also shows an old map. It's called the Peary-Reese map. P-I-R-I-R-E-I-S. You can also look that up. Um, It's a well-known old map from the 16th century that was created by the Ottomans. And this map shows a... Basically, we we only have part of the map remaining. I think about a third of the map has been preserved. And it's just one of these early maps that shows their conception of... The world at that point in time, and it shows the Atlantic Ocean. It shows uh, the coastline um, of South America, and uh, and and then parts of going up Central America and North America. Sort of, you can have a look at it yourself and look at it in detail. Um, but basically, the map is. Uh, It's a little confusing because, you know, the axis, the way it's set up is a little confusing. Like it's almost circular and the map is highly inaccurate in a lot of ways because at the time uh, there was just not everything was known about these coastlines and they didn't have modern technology and it hadn't all been explored and all that goes without saying. So because this map had certain strange features to it, uh, people I think have looked into, okay, what did, you know, could this have been... um, this mythological island or uh, you know was this um, Graham Hancock is presenting a theory that some of these uh, what we consider to be flaws in the map or misunderstandings or and whatnot in the map are actually evidence that the map is much older than what we think so rather than it being based on maps of you know, from a few hundred years or something like that, it goes back thousands and thousands of years to some of these earliest of civilizations. To this, um, you know, where the, where the world and the oceans and everything looked a lot different. So, um, that's why the maps look different because, um, it's going back to before the end of the ice age and stuff. That's my understanding of what Graham Graham Hancock is putting forward here. So, um, and he points to specifically to one small island around this area in the Bahamas where uh, there's a, there's an island on the map that it doesn't actually exist. Some people think it could be a map of Cuba, but it's rotated the wrong way or something like that. But basically the island um, is what's known as a phantom island. This is something that happened on a lot of old maps where there would be... Um, uh, reports from sailors or just bad information leading to people thinking that an island may have existed in a place where it turned out it didn't. That's what's called a phantom island. I had to look that up and blah blah blah. Anyway, so this particular map shows a phantom island around this area in the Bahamas, and on this island there's a like um, kind of a feature that's uh, drawn on it that looks like it could be some stones or maybe some mountains, or it's just kind of hard to know what, what type of feature it is. Um, and it's hard to know if this is even in the same area because the map, again, there's questions. It's just, it's not accurate totally. So, um, so anyways, Graham Hancock is uh, convinced that this is showing this stone formation, the Bemini the Road stone formation, on this map, and it's evidence that, you know, um, information coming from much further back was showing up on this map and passed down, and it's revealing secrets about what this ancient civilization that, that we don't know about um, today uh, could have been like. So, um, you know, again, At first he says, this could be, he says something along the lines of, this could be showing a drawing of the Bemini Road on land showing that humans built this. But then later he just speaks of it as though it's a fact. Like, how could this map show this Bemini Road if it didn't X, Y, Z? And so basically he takes these things that are like highly up in the air and then he accepts it as a fact supporting his case. I would say in looking at the map that um, and doing a little research on it uh, that it's just completely up in the air. I have no idea in looking at it what the drawing really is of or if it's of the Bimini Road at all or if this island even corresponds to the right area. I mean, it's there's a lot of questions. I don't think most people accept what he's saying as highly plausible and yet he's speaking of it as it's like, innately obvious to anyone that doesn't have a closed mind and isn't, you know, seeking to, uh, prove him wrong, you know, just, just to do that. So again, these are things where, um, what I would say is the letter says that the documentary is not grounded in fact, and the letter is correct. I would say that the the documentary is grounded in Graham Hancock's interpretations about things. And so as you try to fact check this stuff, you get to this point where you really can't go any further because, you know, it, this is his interpretation of what he's seeing. But if, if you're not convinced by it, and he is, it's like, where do you have to go from there? I mean, you know, he's not necessarily putting out uh, definitively false information. He's not saying that this map, you know, um, was actually uh, created in the. The thirteenth century, when we know it was the sixteenth century, he's not putting out something that's easily falsifiable like that. He's putting out things that are um, his own uh, interpretations that, you know, sometimes are kind of interesting. and you go, yeah, that's curious that that rock formation is um, kind of abnormal. And oh, yeah, this map, you know, you you start connecting these dots, and it's it's interesting, but it's far from, Fully convincing, I think, unless you already are seeking a certain conclusion, which he definitely is. So, um, you know, that's my take on that. The letter is absolutely right. The third complaint is that um, this particular uh, idea about this early human ancient civilization that predated all other ancient civilizations That this theory is associated with racism, white supremacy, that kind of thing. At first, when I heard this, I have to admit I was a little skeptical because I I didn't understand why they were invoking race at all. Because if you watch the documentary, that never comes up. There's never any mention. Graham Hancock doesn't mention that kind of thing. um, And, you know, it's not something where you're going to even, you know, really consider that. So I'm kind of questioning, like, why are why are they bringing this up? Like you know, um, you know. So, anyways, I started looking into it some, and uh, and I found that there there actually is quite a long tradition of some of these uh, of this particular idea and related ideas um, being something that has been picked up on by. Um, uh, for, for racist purposes, um, for example, I was reading about how uh, President Andrew Jackson was invoking this idea of a white civilization. Okay, so I should take a step back and explain why it could be racist. So the idea um, of why this stuff can become a racist thing is that um, uh, earlier versions of Hancock's theory would often talk about how this, this first human civilization or you know this parent civilization that helped give rise to all these other civilizations was a white civilization and that white people were the ones who developed all these technologies and then they shared them with peoples from around the world and so it's kind of like in some ways um giving all of the credit of what uh the indigenous peoples Um, you know, the civilizations that arose from the indigenous peoples in these areas, giving all the credit to some group of white people, this white civilization that came before it. So that's why this stuff um, has been really racist in the past. In the 19th century, President Andrew Jackson referred to some of these kinds of things um, when he was uh, in the process of... um, and this is stepping into a a historical area that I'm not very familiar with, but in reading some about it while he was um, doing bad things to the native Americans and um, uh, you know, he would invoke this kind of thinking like it's okay for us to get rid of the native Americans and to push them off their land or to kill them and all these kinds of things that were going on because really they stole this originally from a earlier civilization um, that uh, you know that was that was white people and blah blah blah. I don't know how explicit some of it was, but he essentially was picking up on this idea to justify um, removing the native peoples and taking the native peoples' uh, land. So there is kind of some historical implications to that. And then Nazi Germany, in Nazi Germany, they there were major efforts taken to um, embrace some of these ideas about an earlier uh, white um, civilization uh, that was dominant over everyone else. And they were wanting to hearken back to that with uh, all of their stuff, obviously. And they even sent people around the world looking for some of these artifacts and, and trying to prove some of these theories. And I think that's one of the basis for the first Indiana Jones film about the Nazis looking for, Uh, the Ark of the Covenant, and so I'm thinking I might do a whole episode on uh, looking into the Nazis and their um, interest in some of these, you know, the archaeology and the pseudo-archaeology and all of that stuff that was going on with the Nazis. I'm also thinking I might do an episode on Atlantis uh, because that's another thing that gets thrown in with all of this and has helped inspire a lot of this. Um, So, I do think that this line of pseudo archaeological, pseudo history kind of thinking runs through to today, where you do hear, you do have some examples of white supremacists and things talking about, you know, this master race and master civilization and trying to sort of rewrite history in a way where their honor and the glory of the white race or whatever is supreme. So that's why some of this stuff, um, that's why Netflix included this in their complaint. Now, what I would say is in, in looking at it, I would want to say a couple things. For one, I don't think that being interested in Atlantis, uh, you know, inherently, or interested in human prehistory, or what could a, what we don't know about human prehistory, or what civilizations gave rise to what or whatever. I don't think any of that is inherently racist. You could easily be looking into any of these kinds of things having no interest in race or any assumptions made about race or anything else. Um, and it's just something that you're interested in. Atlantis is, is it's an interesting subject. So I don't want to, you know, I don't want to put that in there when it comes to just average people interested in these subjects. Like if you're interested in the legends of Atlantis and the history of, of people searching for Atlantis and all this stuff, like, you know, um, you might want to just be aware that there, there, some of this stuff is misused, and that's the way I would describe it. Some of these kinds of things, some of these, you know, legends and uh, different things, are misused and have been sort of hijacked by some of these extremist groups. So you probably want to be aware of that when you go out on that, but it shouldn't hold you back. You know, it's an, it, this stuff is interesting subject. It captures people's imagination. Kids are interested in it. They make movies, you know, it's, it's kind of fun stuff. So I don't want to say, you know, let's not look into any of this stuff because, you know, some group is misusing it. I just think that is important to know. Um, I did also look into Graham Hancock himself and, uh, you know, he's highly knowledgeable about this stuff. He knows about these theories. He knows that some of what he's bringing to the table are newer versions of older theories that were possibly connected to some of these more racist and um, uh, bad ideas. So what does he think about this? Um, I really uh, couldn't get to the bottom of any kind of clear answer on it. I mean, from what I've seen... You know, there, there, I, I, haven't found any smoking gun that makes me think that Graham Hancock is has some kind of is pursuing this stuff out of some kind of racist fantasy that he has, or that that's part of his r- motivation for it. Um, I did come across some things that said in his earlier work he did talk more about how this uh, this advanced civilization that he's positing was white or. Um, had red hair, or indicated in some way that they they might be white or something. Um, but I, I actually haven't found those passages. I, I do think it's true that he may have mentioned something along those lines, but uh, without actually reading it directly and knowing that what he was talking about there, I can't say that uh, you know that I've found a smoking gun yet about Graham Hancock. I don't think he's necessarily trying to smuggle in any kind of racism or anything like that into this, um, you know, that's not my take so far. Now I might come across that or someone might send me that and I might change my mind on it. Um, But uh, yeah, so I would say that, you know, actually, even though I was skeptical at first, I actually think it's fine that Netflix included that because there has been kind of this very um, long history of this kind of stuff being associated with some dangerous ideas and, and policies and whatnot And, you know, Netflix can't just play dumb to that. Um, They should be, you know, aware of it. Um, And, uh, you know, and it doesn't explicit, the letter doesn't explicitly call Graham Hancock racist. I think that would be going too far from what I've seen so far. Um, So, you know, what do I like about the letter? Uh, What do I like about their requests and stuff like that? For one, I like that the letter didn't, they didn't, go too far. They didn't say, Netflix, you should remove this right away and you're being racist and you're, you know you are um, you know uh, a horrible company for putting this out there. They didn't do that. They didn't quote unquote, cancel, try to cancel the, the Docu series or whatever. Um, and I like that they took a slightly more reserved take on it. They basically said – they presented some perfectly easy things that Netflix could do to reclassify the docu series, to add some disclaimers and stuff like that, and to also produce some things and, and balance some things out with some more factual uh, type real archaeology. There's thousands of actual archaeologists. Some of them are really compelling and interesting and charismatic, just like Graham Hancock. I've talked to some of them on this podcast Um, I think about people like Eric Klein, who has millions of views on YouTube, um, who is, uh, I think, way more interesting to listen to than Grant Hancock, you know, make a documentary with him or something. I mean, uh, you know, so so anyways, there are just a lot of people out there that, um, uh, you know, should be getting that kind of platform, too. And so I like I like what this letter did. I also think in thinking about it, you know, Netflix is a business. Um, so they're gonna put out what they, you know what they think is going to be entertaining to people. My wife and I watch it. It was entertaining. We, of course, know that this isn't mostly real, but I've actually learned a lot from watching it and then following up with doing some research and it's presenting stuff. I didn't know anything about Atlantis. So now I, last night, I read about Atlantis. You know, I didn't know anything about some of these different um, subjects until this documentary comes out. So, you know, for people that want to get more informed and they want to kind of do some research and understand the sources and have an idea of what's true and what's not, you know, stuff like this, it doesn't present a huge problem. The problem is, you know, most people I would assume aren't going to do that. They don't have the same, you know, they don't spend as much time on ancient history or something as, as I do. Um, and probably some of the listeners of this show do. Um, so they're going to watch the documentary. They're going to go, wow, that's awesome. That's really interesting. And then they're going to move on to the next thing in their lives. You know, that's totally understandable. And so then, what is the effect of this? Um, you know, uh, is it is it just kind of misleading most people? Um, so, you know, I don't have a great answer to that about whether or not something like that should exist. On the one hand, I do think you have to think about what type of effect. If if Netflix is gonna be behind something like this, what what is the net effect of this being out there in the world? But on the other hand, I don't really want to be in the realm of trying to police what exists. I don't really want to. I don't really want other people censoring things on my behalf. So I don't want to really censor things on their behalf either. Um, so you know, I kind of hope that I would rather treat people like adults and assume that they're not going to take everything at face value and, and they're going to look into something if, if they ever needed to. Um, that's kind of what I think about it. Um, you know, I will also say that I think that stuff like the reason that the archaeologists putting out a letter like this, in addition to putting maybe Netflix makes some of these changes, I don't know if they'll actually, you know, I don't, I don't know if people actually care about disclaimers or how this stuff is categorized and whatnot you know or or putting something under science fiction it seems like you know are you going to back something like this and then say it's science fiction like what message does that send to the audience it kind of kills the fun of it if at the beginning you say hey by the way like this guy's you know kind of crazy and none of this is true uh it kind of kills the fun i think for the viewer so from netflix standpoint does that really make sense to do that um i don't know um, but I would say it does impact, I think the brand a little bit of Netflix when you start seeing this kind of thing, because, you know, I, there are other streaming platforms, whether, you know, there's HBO, there's Disney, um, you know, they have a certain brand that people associate with HBO and with Disney. They have a certain amount of credibility, I think, uh, where you can kind of rely on them a little bit to not be just totally misleading you and misinforming you. Whereas Netflix, if they're putting stuff out like this, You know, my brother and I watched another documentary on Netflix recently called The Island of the Sea Wolves. It was really interesting. Uh, It was really good. Actually, I recommend it. But I found myself sitting there thinking, like, is this stuff accurate? You know, is this just – are they just – is there any amount – do they – you know, is there any amount of oversight or fact-checking or uh, or anything? Or are they just saying, well, whatever we can make – you know attract this many viewers and make this much dollars from we'll, we'll we'll produce and put it on our platform and you know go from there um so i think the brand of netflix kind of is impacted in, in you know to some extent the more they do stuff like this and get called out on it so i think that's a good reason why the uh, archaeology association um, the Society for American Archaeology, I think that's a good reason for them to call it out. It gets a lot of media coverage. There's a lot of articles about this. You know, I mean, maybe it's not on the front page of CNN or whatever, but there's a lot of articles. When I was researching some of this, tons of, of, of top media outlets have covered this story now. And, and a lot of it is because of um, this, this organization writing a letter and, and putting their point of view out there. So I think this kind of played out the way that it should. Um, You know, if Netflix is going to make stuff like this and put it on their platform, then actual experts and people are going to react to it and put out their point of view. And if that undermines Netflix credibility some and makes them respond in some way, then I think that's a really good thing. Um, And so that's kind of like how the world should work a little bit. Um, So... That's my overall take right now. Like I said, I might do a couple more episodes related to some of the things in this, like Atlantis, um, like uh, the Nazis and some of these... extremist groups and uh other things that have have latched on to some of the pseudo-archaeology and and what the history of all that is i'm kind of curious about i also might bring on a guest or two um maybe an archaeologist or historian to give their reaction to some of this and who might be able to provide uh, that perspective and fact check some more stuff and things like that so um thanks for listening and uh hopefully you'll hear from me again soon